your Dallas Mavericks won game two without Luka against the Utah Jazz. We break down that entire game, the series, what it means, what our new predictions are, when we might see Luka back, Jalen Brunson going off for 41 points, Maxi Kleba finding the three ball again. We just, we just honestly just gush over that game. It was so much fun. Um, and I know you Mavs fans just loved watching it just as much as we did. So the first half of the podcast is myself, Trent, Alex, and Austin. And we break, we get into all of that with the Mavs. And then on the second half of the podcast, Austin hops off, Rosie joins us, and we get into Rosie's running back dynasty power rankings. He's got his top 25 running backs going into this year for dynasty for fantasy football. We go through all 25, talk about guys that we think might be too high or too low, maybe some guys that he left off. Um, and so it's a really good discussion. And honestly, it's probably his least controversial um, ranking list that we've done. And so, but we still get a lot of good discussion out of it. It's a lot of fun. Great podcast coming in store for you today. Before we get into it, I want to let you know. So we are streaming on Twitch pretty much all of our podcast. So if you want to watch us on Twitch, if you want to watch it live, hop in the chat, be a part of the podcast, be a part of the discussion, you need to follow us on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash making the call. We'll have the link in the show notes. So it's really easy to get to. If you have a Twitch, just go ahead and hit that follow button really quickly. If you don't have a Twitch, go ahead, make a Twitch account. Follow us at twitch.tv slash making the call. It's really, we're going to keep using it a lot. We're going to cut up clips from it. It's it's going to be a great way to just grow this podcast and grow the community that we've created here at making the call. So make sure you follow us on Twitch, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and all that. Make sure you're subscribed to us on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, give us that five-star review. Definitely helps us out a lot. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, you know, throughout all these episodes. Thanks for listening as we work through this, this very exciting and eventful uh, Mavs playoff run. Hopefully it's a very long and deep and exciting, and exciting run. So uh, we have a great podcast in store for you this week, and it's all coming up right after this. All right, to start the podcast, we are starting it the only way that we can, and that is talking about our beloved Dallas Mavericks. It's myself, Trent, Austin, and Alex. Guys, where are we at? Just like, just vibe all, check. Like, all <laughs> hail King Brunson. Vibes are all, immaculate. All hail. Pay him whatever he wants. expect anything different. 25, 40 million a year. Give him the max. max. Give him the max. Trent. <laughs> Trent, do we think that Brunson listened to the podcast last week and listened to your pep talk? Maybe yesterday. It's the only solution. I mean, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Obviously. A little, pre- little pregame make him a call action. Yeah. Um, well, he, yeah, he was incredible. I'm wearing, wearing my Dirk jersey tonight in honor of the amount of points that Brunson scored against Utah Jazz in game two. Um, it was fantastic. Scored 41 points with zero turnovers. Um, he, the entire Mavs team besides Dinwiddie had zero turnovers. Dinwiddie had three. Um, mm. And everyone else was clean in that regard. Uh, and I'm sure Trent will have some Dinwiddie thoughts later on. Um, he sucks. He's wrong. <laughs> Maxi In a bad game. Um, I, can't, I can't take credit for this joke. This joke I heard on the Locked On Mavs podcast. But they said that Maxi gave up the three ball for Lent. And as soon as Easter was over, all of a sudden he can shoot the three. Um, post All Star break, he, you know what his, uh, his three point percentage was post All Star break? 12. 18%. 18.8%. Right. Dang, Alex. Good job. Tonight. Well, I, I heard that earlier. Didn't you say he only made nine threes in the month of March? No, he yep. made less. He made less. He made five threes in the month of March. Oh, he, so made he made more, more. threes in game two than he did in the entire month of March. He played, I think, 14 games. Mm. So anyways, he gave up threes for Lent. Easter was done. And Trent, you okay? Yeah, that's not very many threes. You're making some questionable sounds into the... (laughs) He's watching Jalen Brunson highlights. It's just like, oh my God, he cooked that dude. No, I, I there he sh- goes again. He's on fire. <laughs> he can't stop. Three straight threes for Brunson. Ah! Call nine one one. There's been a murder. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell wasn't ready. <laughs> but yeah, Maxi found his three. He hit eight of eleven from threes in game two, scoring twenty five points. And 
I don't know. I heard this being talked about, and I want to hear y'all's thoughts. Was this the most important Mavs home game since the Vince Carter game winner against the Spurs in 20, what was that, 15? 15. Can you think of like a, I mean, this was their first, this was their first home playoff win since 2015. Wasn't that the last home playoff win, the Vince Carter shot? Yeah. No, they, they won one more, I think. Oh, didn't they? They did. No, that was games. Well, that was game five, and well, that, they lost game. That six. was early in the season, wasn't it? Wasn't that like game, like three or four? No, that was game. That was later in the series. I'm pretty sure that was game five. Okay, I mean it was a big time shot. I mean the Mavs were the only team to take the eventual world champion Spurs to seven. Um, they were the only team that took them to seven that playoffs. But it would have had know, to be. Man. It would have had to be three or four, right? Unless they did, they used to do two, three, it's two. It's probably oh, four. Yeah, right? two, three, it's two, probably four. I don't. Yeah, it's probably anyway, four to make it two, two. But. All this speculation is bad podcasting. Right? Anyways, yeah, it was a really important win at home because we just hadn't won at home in so long. I know this for a fact. The last three playoff games I've been to, they have lost. Unfortunately, maybe you should. Well, stop you heard going. it here first. Yeah, you Alex can never going. go to a math playoff game. <laughs> I know, yeah. I can't go solo. Last three times I've gone solo. Your so. band. Why friends. would you go solo? That's boring. Uh, it's mostly because it's cheaper tickets, and also I just make friends in the section. But I don't know. I've have I have fun every time I go. Our little social life. I respect it. Um, but man, guys, this was I don't know. I I woke up this morning with a smile on my face. Just it was such a big game. They did it without Luca, and to see a second round pick in Jalen Brunson and a contract year just in his bag on the way to securing the bag. It just, I don't know. It was beautiful. And Maxie like, go ahead. ahead. I said, does he get 25 a year now? No, no. I think, I think I saw the starting numbers probably 20 to 22 right now. It's like it's in between 20 and 20. It was at 20. Now I think it's more. Yeah. Right now it's probably like four for a hundred if we want to keep him. And if he has another what, game like this, it's more likely four for hundred is, is 25 Alex. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. So it, quick math. <laughs> I heard, I heard four for 80. I'll tell you yeah, this. I mean, the number I think after that, if the playoffs continue this way, I think they're more likely to trade Dinwiddie this off season than they are to let Brunson walk. No trade. I trade Tim first, honestly, just because Dinwiddie is—he's good at more things that Tim is good at, even no. with his. No, he is. All right, let's talk Tim, Dinwiddie. Tim, Trent, you can. Tim, you can. Floor is yours. Tim. Tim is a zero on defense. I'll just say that right out. Dinwiddie's a little better than at least he can right, stay in front the, of a guy. Here comes the two-minute slander sesh from Trent. All right, go go ahead. You Trent. you have the floor. Dinwiddie sucks. Yeah. Why? Sorry, that's it. I'm, that's it. Back to back game winners in the man. Of the two two best teams in an in audio world. medium where you like you know long drawn out opinions. That thanks for just being <laughs> right to the point. No, no, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm good at that. But I'll tell you why. He takes the dumbest shots in the history of the world. He's and makes, just not no nope, little no comment. Andrew, can you can you mute Alex and Carmel <laughs> Drizzle for me, please, so I can get through my conversation. Yeah, I'll mute myself. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I'm waiting for him to mute himself. He's not doing it. Just, Wait, just on. go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. Um, he got away with it when he first came to the Mavs because the shots were falling. But now, just watching him, in, like in Game Two, he was just trying to do way too much. When Brunson was obviously the hot hand, you got to feed the hot hand every time. Okay, maybe not every time, but most of the time. And Dinwiddie would take contested three-point shots, pull-up jumpers that were just garbage, and it would suck the life out of the American Airlines Center because everyone was like, what are you doing, man? But he – I think he's a selfish basketball player. He takes shots, and I kind of think that the Mavericks don't like him. I think he's a bad teammate. That might be a hot take, but every time he shoots the ball – I can just feel the eye rolls from the rest of the team. Those like, were the why? reports in Washington this year. Uh, were they just, really? That what? he was a bad teammate. 
See, I didn't know any of this. This is this is me watching basketball with a semi not very what's the word I'm looking for? It's right on the tip of my tongue. Not biased opinion of basketball because I, I don't watch much. I will be the first to admit it. But watching him, it looks like he's a selfish basketball player that takes bad shots. And if they don't fall, he looks terrible. If they fall, he looks like an all-star. And in game two, they were not falling. Yeah, he finished with what, 17, 18 points? Yeah, he was like on, six of 18. He was six of 18. He was six of 15 in game one. Yeah, in game one. I was, yeah. At one point, I looked, he was three of 14. He's, He's six in game two. He's a lot better when Luke plays. He finished plays. with 17. He was plus six on the floor. 17 mm. points, four rebounds, six assists, two steals. I think the, three the turnovers. The only three turnovers of the game for the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think the problem then is right now he's trying to do too much without Luka on the floor, and he just needs to relax and look at what Bronson is doing. Just sort of do what he does when Luka's on the floor. Find his he's shots, in- find his spots, and just play basketball. Play it smooth. Don't play it frantic. And I think, honestly, like, I think as you watch that game, he realized that, like, from first half to second half. Yeah, he was a lot better in the second half, for sure. I mean, that big corner three that I think it was Finney yeah, Smith. No, no, it was Maxi who hit late in the fourth quarter. It was yeah. a Dinwiddie assist. Dinwiddie drove yep. into the lane, found Maxi in the corner. So, I mean. That pass was crazy, too. Because yeah. he was almost he was almost down. He left his feet, right? Can we? that one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can we talk about he what also, an elite defender Donovan Mitchell is? I mean, that dude has put in the clamps on every Dallas Maverick that he comes in contact with. Yeah. Can we talk about how Mike Conley had zero points last night? That was pretty funny, too. Because <laughs> he had three yeah. fouls. Four fouls. Super. Well, no, he had three fouls, like, early. Yeah, he and then he got his fourth, fouls. like, super early in the third quarter. So, yeah, he and, only played 21 minutes, but still – Missed seven, all seven of his shots. He helped us out a lot as well. Trent, yeah, you got your hand up. Yeah, I just wanted uninterrupted attention. Um, this goes back to bad teammates. That's I think new. Utah, Utah is extremely dysfunctional. Oh yeah. yeah. They, oh yeah. I like the Donovan Mitchell Gobert story. That I don't know. Last I week? I know. Was it last? I don't know anything about last week, but I know the, what I know about the dysfunction is Donovan Mitchell was not very happy with Gobert about the COVID stuff. That's like all I know. That's it. That's my knowledge of the. He only Utah passes Jazz. it to him three times a game, right? Was I'm, that what? Yeah. What? They probably have conflicting Pass. eagles too. They just don't e- get along. Did you say eagles? But they, that team. Egos, I just, it sort of didn't come out right, but you know what I meant. You know what I meant. That. That team is probably the most dysfunctional team I've ever watched. Did like, you watch you the Nuggets just... last night? No, I didn't. The but, Nuggets. Uh, were what I'm down, saying is, but they do not the look like a down. team at all. They look like a bunch of individuals that are playing basketball, which is unfortunately what basketball is turning into. Except the Dallas Mavericks played great as a team, and Game Two yeah. was a perfect example of that. When you yeah. play as a team, you can beat anybody. Yeah, but that just doesn't happen very often. That's what Phoenix Phoenix has done all year too. They play yeah, home yeah, team. yeah. Boston team defense, like even yeah. I was gonna say the Sixers, but I can't say the Sixers just because of Harden. Yeah, I was gonna say oh, can't no. Say come anymore. on, talk about <laughs> teammates. We've had a good two first games. That's why Maxie, I was thinking of the Sixers, Max, but Tyrese no. Maxey though. There's just something about NBA players named Maxey. They're just yep. They're easy to root for. They're balling right now. Yeah. Gosh, it made me I was so happy for him last night. I oh yeah. I it had too, been man. so bad for so long. And yeah. then it just, just pop off like that. Because I mean, what two years ago he was the in the top five most efficient three point shooters in the league. Right? I think, I think yeah, he was, was like, last year. He was, was last 41, year. he was like forty one percent from three last yeah. year. And then mm-hmm. I don't know what he the lid was just on this year, and then he, he talked about it. It was like some type of ankle injury, and it, it was yeah. He was playing through injury last night. He, it was messing no. with the way he was uh, shooting, and he just couldn't get full power behind his shot. All of he wasn't month. he wasn't hundred percent last night either. Well, That's what the announcers were saying that you know he's, he's still looking a lot better ankle. though. 
because yeah. he had those like he basically had ten days off to, to finish the regular mm-hmm. season. He played so. he played good defense last night too. He did. Oh yeah, he's he's always playing good defense. Yeah. that's for sure. I was just happy for an all around performance from him. Yeah. Um, okay. So as we look ahead, so Mavs go to Utah for games three and four. Series is tied one to one. Game three is Thursday, April twenty first at eight p.m. Central Time. Game four is Saturday, April twenty third at three thirty Central Time. A new report came out on Tuesday from Shams, and then I think also Woj um, reported it later on that, and this is like a loose quote, there's optimism that Luka Doncic will return for game three or four. His injury is improving and workouts over the next two days could determine comeback timing. So the question is, if you were calling the shots, when would you bring Luka back? Game four. If I was Thank calling you. the shots, Thank you. no, I would totally just ask Luca. Like, I would give him most of the jurisdiction. No. Like, if he feels good, if he's like 70% game three, we could sort of work him back in. Like, I don't know. Why not? Pe- pe- he, doesn't, right. he doesn't have to play more than 30 minutes. We Last year, play. though. Like, he could be the third option. He's just out there as the decoy most of the time and then he works himself into the offense with the like, with the KD injury last year you can't tell me that crap wasn't related between his strain and then his tear like KD's also that injury happened like when he was thir- like almost 30 like Luca's 23 well yeah but still like everyone's I just, different I just don't want to run I mean we cannot sustain a full series without Luca so if he comes back plays for 20 minutes and then pops his Achilles or strains it again. Like, like, I really don't think that's going to happen. Like game three, he can come back. He doesn't even have to like literally all he has to do is be a decoy and just draw I'm just saying, the defense you sp- to him. You split it at home. You split it at home. Why risk it? I, I really, if he's, if he's telling me he's feeling good and I'm watching that, like he warmed up before game two last night, he went through a full workout almost. Like if he's telling me he's feeling all right and I've seen that. Like it helps I, that they don't play till Thursday, but. I don't know. I'm in the minority. I, like literally, everybody else is saying wait till game four because they won last night. But yeah, I don't know. I'm yep, just yep, yep. I just I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think I've ever disagreed with you more, Alex. The Mavericks are not losing a game with a healthy Luka Doncic in this series. They will not lose a game. They will win three in a row if they have to. If okay, I will say if if they lost game th- game two, Luka's a hundred percent playing game three. But okay, winning yeah, game two, winning winning game two gives Luca an extra game to be a hundred percent. Yes, seventy percent Luca is better than eighty percent of the people in the league. But you want you want Luca as healthy as he can be, because you got to look long term here. Yeah, yeah, you got to look long term. Like you're going to beat Utah. You are going to beat Utah with Luca with a healthy Luca Doncic. Are you going to beat Phoenix with a 70% Luka? No, you're not. It, it'd be hard. Well, it's going to be tough either, to beat him with 100%. Either way, by the time that series starts, you'd think he'd be 100%. Not if he plays is... game three and tweaks it again. Well, okay, yeah, if he tweaks it again, he's out for the year. Yeah, exactly. That's that's. I think that's well, what game three and Game three and game four are literally three days apart. That's not a huge difference. Also, it's in terms not a of huge recovery and but ramp it's a difference. Two days apart. Okay, yeah, two, two days. days. See, it's game Thursday, three, Saturday. Thursday, game four, he, Saturday. He'd game still five, be a day ahead so of the, the extra day Okay, there. so the average for coming back for a calf strain this year in the NBA was 16 days. But a little tangent to that. Yeah, like 10 days, right? He would be at 11 days for Thursday. A little tangent to that, though. Frank Neal Aquina, the same guy on the Mavs. Same training staff, same like rehab regiment came back in twelve days. Yes, so, but he doesn't he doesn't have the volume of play. He doesn't, but he still came back. He was still active. He was still ready. So what yeah, I'm saying is week is a whole nother we already know, active. Yeah, what just what I'm saying is we already know the Mavs have one of the best training staffs in the NBA. It's not out of the question that he could be ready after eleven days. Like the average is sixteen days. That doesn't mean it takes sixteen days to get healthy. I, okay. I think if you're if you're Mark Cuban, you are not playing Luka Doncic. Mark Cuban doesn't have any. Doesn't no, I know, have I know, I know, I know, I know. Okay, but I'm saying you do. I'm basically, I'm just saying if I'm okay, fine. If I'm Jason Kidd, 
Luka Doncic is not setting foot on the court until the Mavericks lose another game. Okay. Uh, that, so that's I, my opinion, and I think that's what they're going to do. Like, if the Mavericks so, win game three, I don't think Luka plays game four. If he doesn't mm, play game three. I, dis- I disagree with that. Now, honestly, if they do win game three, I could see that. You just bring him back for game five at home. That would make sense. We're already up 2-1, you know? Okay, so that would make sense. I don't think Luca would want to say game four, though. Let me say this: you know, we talk about seventy percent Luca or eighty percent Luca, or like if he's not fully healthy, what could he be? And you know, tweaking the injury, re-injuring it, whatever. I think the thing that we need to take into consideration is the way that Luca plays. Luca is not John Morant. He's not sprinting up and down the court flying into the air, throwing his body all over the place. I mean, the Mavs had the slowest pace of play in the NBA this year because Luka plays at his pace, and you can't speed him up. I, that's what that's what guys in the league say is the most frustrating part about guarding him is that you can't change his timing. If if he wants to go slow, if he wants to put you on his hip and walk to the, walk to the rim, then he will. And so I think if you're talking about 70% Luka or whatever – I think if he's, if he's able to do normal basketball movements on that calf, then he's fine because that's all he needs to do. He's not flying all over the place. He's not jumping high up in the air to block a shot or to dunk or to catch an alley-oop or whatever. I mean, that's just, I think that, I think that matters. I mean, I think that's the difference between someone like a, a Luca or a Chris Paul versus someone like a John Morant or, a Giannis, you know, these freak athletes who are jumping out of the gym. And so I think if he's able to go and the Mavs medical staff is not going to let him play if they don't feel like he's ready. I mean, we saw this happen. When was it? 2004 when Dirk was hurt and Dirk wanted to play and they kept him out and the Mavs lost in the playoffs and Dirk really wanted to play. And so I, I don't think we're going to see Luca play until the medical staff clears him. And I think even if he's not fully 100%, I think you can still get a very, very, very productive and efficient Luca because of his play style. That is my favorite point you've ever made on the podcast. I couldn't agree more. Thank you. It's fair. Maybe I'm just overly cautious. Now, nah, dude. You know, you... I want to m- mitigate risk, you know. If you want to just, like, any medical staff in all of the sports – the Mavs have probably one of the best. Like, if they say he's good, he's good. It's true. Casey Smith, the head trainer for the Mavs, has been with them for ever. Yeah. And so he's it's – he's Alex isn't saying that just as, like, a a homer. Like, it's, it's well-known throughout the league that Casey Smith and his staff are top-notch. Um, okay, so moving on from that, I want to get into – Two other topics. One of them we've already touched on. Um, what can the Mavs do in game three to try and replicate the success that they had in game two? Assuming that you can't count on 40 plus from Brunson a night and you can't count on Maxi to make eight threes and a score of 25. But just from like Luka a playing? schematic standpoint. Um, well, I would say let's say without Luca playing because with Luca okay. playing that changes everything. With Luca playing, it's high skin and roll Dwight Powell. But yeah, without Luca, without Luca, I would I would say it's the key from last night. It's just you got to draw out Rudy Gobert or Hadonis Whiteside to open up that lane. Mm-hmm. Like that was the key last night. Max was hitting so many threes that Gobert was starting to have to just cover him, and that would open up the lane. And you could pass Trent, it. And just, Trent, stop shaking your head. It's what happened. Literally, what happened? I'm not even paying attention right now. My okay, he was shaking his head. I was like, "No, oh, I didn't this even, is I didn't this is a statement that. of fact. <laughs> like, this is what happened." No, no but sorry. yeah, like my the, dogs were here. I got distracted. I'm sorry. What were we talking about? <laughs> I really, yeah, I really just think that's the key is three point shooting, especially on whoever Gobert is guarding, whether it's like Dorian Finney-Smith or Maxi Kleber. They just got to be hitting their threes or at least attempting to. You shot make what? Forty seven percent last night. Forty five, but. Yeah, that's not sustainable, but if we could shoot around 35 to 40%. No, it was 47. 
Oh, it was? Okay. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, and Utah yeah. still shot 38. So, I mean, I'd like to see that go down a little bit. They only shot 19 threes, though. Yeah. 29. Which is a bump. It's a plus because they, sh- they, they averaged 25 in the regular season. They shot season. 29. Are you looking at game one? Shoot. You might be looking at game one. Game yeah, two, they, they shot, shot 29. Like, they game shot two for the Mavs, they shot 47 threes and they made 22 of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically the key for the game is, yeah, shoot about 53s a game because it's going to just draw out their centers, and that will open up the lane, which is the key. Yeah, Jalen Brunson was hitting shots from his spot because of that last night, that paint spot that he likes. Just you guys like the cup. we're not gonna hit like forty seven percent because we're on the road, but if we get hit thirty five to forty percent, that's it's still because fine. of the alt. It's because of the altitude that we're not gonna shoot forty seven percent right now. Hey, I I looked that up. That still matters <laughs> indoors. Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I mean, basketball's up, a lot. Boy. Basketball's a lot heavier than baseball. But Trent, what were you gonna say? I'm not talking about home runs. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Why? I forgot what I was going to say. No, you didn't. Did you really? No, you yeah, just wasn't paying attention. Think about it. Okay, if you think, think about it. No, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got it, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you drive to the lane and get Rudy and some Because Rudy, Rudy is a freaking beast at blocks, man. He's the like, greatest perimeter or greatest paint defender we, in the game. Yeah, yeah, but if you do it 20 times in the first quarter, Rudy's going to have four fouls. Rudy, no. Well, it, he's going to really block depends you 20 on the times. Too. Like the ref doesn't really give a like, especially if it's not Luca, he's not going to give you the respect of the contact. He's going to expect that Rudy just got yes, the ball because it is known that he's a great rim protector. Yeah, like they're not going to yeah. just blow the whistle on him twenty out of twenty times. Well, no, and also he's, NBA refs are stupid. They are. He's probably the he's were, the most technically sound paint defender in the league, so he doesn't make mistakes. Didn't he like, average like close everybody to two makes mistakes? Andrew. Everybody has everybody those, has those days. days. Utah Jazz had those days last night. It's all right. Next year, Gobert sure. is in a Mavs uniform anyway, so it's okay. Do no, no, that, the contract's too <laughs> I'm, much. I'm just kidding. That's what I was telling Alex like last week. It's too especially much. just watching him offensively this series. Like even with Lucas Lobs, I just don't see who it. was it. Who was it that said early you know in the game like? that uh, – Maxi and Rudy are having a competition for who can be worst offensively. Who was it that sent that text message yesterday? Um, was yeah, it you? Yeah, last night somebody said that. It was Evan. Oh, okay. Shout out Evan. Was, that was before yes. Maxi started hitting all those. Shout teams. out yes. Evan. Is that did not early in the did game. not age well. Yeah. <laughs> you know he what he looks like when he's on the offensive end, like when he has the ball and he has to make like a basketball play that's not like catching a lob. Looks like me. Did y'all ever play? Did y'all ever play Quop on the computer? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Yes, Trent and Alex. Now, oh man, dude. Okay, after that... this, after this, go to your on your computer. Type in Quop. It's like it's like you're a, a a runner on a on a track, and you're trying to control him. And it's like How do you, spell you it? have to manage individual it's leg muscles to Q-W-O-P, run. Q W O P, and because those are the controls. I got like 50 feet that's, one time or 50 meters. Yeah, that's impressive. That's Rudy Gobert on the offensive end. The most awkward, uncoordinated human you can imagine. Yeah, he just needs the perfect lob passer. It's just not going to work. Yeah, Trent's not going to be involved in the rest of the pod, in the rest of this segment. He's just going to be playing quap. Yeah. <laughs> we lost him. <laughs> try, and be, try, and, try and be 50, uh, yeah, Trent. I see it. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so... I think that's it. We already hit on the whole, like, how does Brunson's performance last night, how does that affect kind of what happens this summer? Keep him. <laughs> minus, two, minus point two on my first try. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you haven't played Quap, go out and play it. You'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Quap, sponsor us. Yeah. Sponsor us. Do <laughs> um, you all have any final thoughts on, on this Mavs game, the Mavs playoffs, just all of that? What so what? Assuming we win this first series, what's y'all's expectation after watching like Jalen step up for a second round matchup versus the Suns? Like realistically, the Suns. Yeah. Um, if if Luca's a hundred percent, then I think it goes seven. Really? You know why? Because at I least think, goes six. Yeah. I think Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock are that good defensively. 
and they can oh, make yeah. that big of a difference against Devin Booker and Chris Paul. You don't think Aiton will eat our lunch? He's much I mean, more efficient offensively than Gobert. Yeah, but he's not as big of a rebounder as Gobert that's, is. That's true, and he's less of a threat defensively. Ah. And like, I don't know, Dwight Powell just plays better when Luke is on the court. I have I have faith in him and Maxi Kleva. You know, defeat. You don't think seven? Can... You don't you don't think seven is a bit of a homer response? I I think it goes seven, because I think what this if the Mavs win the series then they've won this series in a large part because the role players have stepped up. Yeah. So the role players Luka into themselves. that equation. And mm-hmm. why not? I mean, the Suns have Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre. Ah! And... 1.7 meters. <laughs> awesome. What do I got to get? 50. 50. I hit 50. <laughs> I played a lot of co-op my junior year of, of high school and my business information and management class. <laughs> Dang. What, like I don't even I don't even get it. Like what am I supposed to do? Hey. All right, final, let's hit, wrap it, hit let's W wrap O at the same time, then hit Q and P at the same time. Let's wrap this up. Final, final final thoughts. The Hawks are gonna get swept because they, they're sucking right now. Pelicans and are gonna get swept. Suck at Hawks well, fans. Okay. T Wolves uh, in the trade. What's the score? Final the series predictions T- for the Mavs and Utah Jazz. Six, Mavs and six. Mavs and six. Mavs, I'm Mavs sticking with that. Mavs and six for Alex. Mavs and six for Austin. Mavs and five for Trent. Wow. Mavs, give me Mavs and five. And, give me Mavs and seven. What? No. Seven? Boo. Boo. That's a terrible take. Come on. That's too that long of a trash. series. That was trash. That's like Lucas not coming that, back till game five. What are you doing? Yeah, I think Utah wins one of these next two. I think well, yeah, it comes but... back. I think it comes back to Dallas, two-two. Mavs win at home, and then they win. Mavs win at home. Mavs win at home twice. Oh, I'm with sorry. Luka. Yeah, Mavs win at home game five. Utah wins game six. Mavs win game nope. seven. No, Mavs I hope win I'm game wrong. six. I hope it's, I hope it's Mavs win five for fifty in game six. And then but just, also, okay, so boo him, the boo him off the pod. Boo. Part of the reason why I wanted boo. to do Mavs in seven boo. is because I didn't want to do. I didn't want to have three of us do maps in six. We need to do something Dang. different. No, we need to go for, I mean, what's your honest sports opinion? Maps in six. Okay. Don't oh. cater just to be different from us. Maintain your journalist integrity, Andrew. Dude, I went to Harden Simmons. Yeah, exactly. An education enlightened by faith. Be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for this segment. This game is stupid. <laughs> Let's when go, Mavs, back, baby. When we come back, it's going to be myself, Trent, Alex, and Rosie is going to join us. We're going to get into Rosie's running back dynasty power rankings. We're going to get into all of that. Right <laughs> all right, to wrap up the podcast, Austin hop off, hopped off, Rosie hopped on, myself, Rosie, Trent, and Alex. We are going to be breaking down the final uh, Rosie's dynasty fantasy rankings um i guess final for the draft yeah i guess final just until the draft and then we'll we'll do an updated version of all of these after the draft taking in the taking the rookies into consideration uh but the last position group left we've got the running backs rosie has given us his top 25 dynasty running backs and trent agrees with every single one um so it's going to be a great segment uh very yell at me this So yeah, if you're if you're in in here on Twitch, let us know in the chat which ones you disagree with. Um, that would be great, um, and then we'll tweet out the list whenever we post a podcast, uh, mm. so that you can let us know on Twitter as well. Probably shouldn't do that. I'd like to keep our followers. <laughs> they like hot content. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, so well, I think that this list more than any other needs a little bit of a disclaimer. Because okay. when we're talking about QBs, we're talking about like Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he might only have three years left. And like, how good is that going to be? Three years of like RB1 production for a running back is incredible. Like, probably only a handful of running backs have ever done it. So, on this list, age matters just as much as talent and situation. What about injury? 
an injury. Well, the thing Sorry, is, I'll, all I'll, running back. I was going to actually get to that, too, yeah. so that's I'll perfect keep, segue. I'll keep my mouth shut and let you talk. And then You're good, boo-boo. Don't worry. I will um, destroy you. <laughs> Not really. Um, so I, let honestly, me just rattle off some names that of running backs that are going to turn 26 or are going to be older than that who have been RB1s in the past. I've been RB1s. So, so top 12? Yeah, top 12. Okay. CMC. Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, and then not on this list, James Conner and Ezekiel Elliott. And so out of those guys, I can almost guarantee you that in two years, more than half of them are going to be completely fancy irrelevant, like Melvin Gordon. I mean, so... How many yeah, years running, did you say? I think that's I think 11 running two. backs. You said two years, right? Two years from now? Yeah. I mean, just think about how quickly Todd Gurley just fell off the map. See, I don't like using Todd Gurley as an example because he, had he really actually had arthritis in his knee. And yeah. they knew that coming out. And so it was a ticking time bomb. But like, no running back has consistent value in today's but i mean you can you can find lots of different examples right i mean you could you could go back several years and demarco murray with the cowboys was you know Mm -hmm. fantastic he signs a big deal with the titans and they got what one good year out of him so i mean um so you really see did he live up to that contract no i mean no running back ever lives up to their contract (laughs) right (laughs) Their rookie contract, maybe. And see, and that's for Dynasty. Like, you want guys on the rookie contract. And honestly, if they're not on the rookie contract, you probably want to be trying to sell them unless you're a contender. Because at year 26, it usually starts to peak off from there. And you might have another good year out of them, but that's when you want to sell. So that's why you're going to see amazing running backs farther down. Okay, so Just you want to get over. into your you want to get to your top five first. Let's do it. Okay, so number one running back in dynasty, you have Jonathan Taylor, followed by DeAndre Swift, number two, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, number three, Javante Williams, four, and Cam Akers, five. Trent, do you go, want to start? Go with ahead. Me? Yeah, go ahead because I know you have thoughts on fire away, and McCaffrey uh, at three. Yeah, I'm really glad you went all through all that just to say like old guys are not going to be in your top ten, and then you have a guy that hasn't played more than three games in the last four years at number three. <laughs> yep. And then you have a guy coming off a Achilles injury at five, and there's a guy not in the top five that is a pretty obvious pick at top three, if you ask me, for a dynasty. Who, who's that? That's Najee. I think that, I, I like I I don't know man. <laughs> what what why why I'll, I think we need to get cuz I see Najee's in your top 10 so that's good. So I think we we should at least get you through the 10 before I start. Well let's let's talk about Najee later then when Yeah yeah that's we list yeah. I I so, agree, I agree. I I I want to know your reasoning for Christian McCaffrey in the top 5 after what you just said and how people on the rookie contracts shouldn't be whatever yeah Force yours. uh that is absolutely true for everyone except guys who are White scoring people. over 25 points per game when they're on the field no matter what cmc is the greatest fantasy asset like in the last five years other than like cooper cup i don't and think so, that's true the the difference that CMC makes on your team, like you feel it when he's on your team and he's healthy. Yeah, like dude, he, those two games like, in September are they're fantastic. I was gonna say the I thing love is, like, an IR spots for him. It, injury is gonna be a thing for every single running back. Every single running back is gonna get hurt next year, probably. Like I think only Jonathan Taylor and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, no, Ezekiel Elliott missed the game. Jeez, stop. Easy. Maybe I'm okay with it if he gets hurt. That means more Tony Pollard time. 
We don't want right. people coming back to send you death threats for jinxing and Rosie. Be careful here. Other than Jonathan Taylor, I don't think another running back had a full season of 17 games. So uh, injury concerns are there for every single running back on this list. So at three, you want the guy that's scoring over 25 PPR points per game. That's why he's up that high. I understand the age. And honestly, if you're not going to be a contender, like if you're planning out your draft and you don't want to, you want to start rebuilding teams, he's not the guy for you. Um, but okay. he's incredible. So, Alex, so this top uh, five. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we, so we just talked about McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Is he the biggest kind of question mark in this top five for you or is there is there something else now yeah i mean sort of just what trent was saying just his availability is questionable but i also agree with rosie's reasoning from being there because when he is available he gets 25 to 30 points a game just in his passing and rushing ability but other than that i really don't have a problem with this top five like i like jonathan taylor and swift at one and two and I know the other guys are pretty young and good, so. Okay. I think six through ten, yeah. and you could flip a coin who six through ten are. So, uh, like, yeah. Or, and five five through ten even. Like, Cam Makers at five kind of bothers me, but I look at your other list, and I'm like, meh. Yeah, I'd all, say maybe. They're all, not, they're all the same. Najee's probably a candidate to move up here just at eight. And, might be a little low, just like and, Trent said, because he's so young. And, and his offense, they just feed him the ball right now. They don't even have a quarterback, so. Hey, they got the Nickelodeon. Money maker Mitch. Oh, that's right. They got the uh, MVP. The MV. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, we'll (laughs) see. If I could highlight a couple things, then, like, Jonathan Taylor at one, he's the RB1, but he's not CMC RB1 on this list. What's your. Right, because he he plays the full season? <laughs> Joke well, like, well, if you're talking about like so CMC. CMC at Jonathan Taylor's age, mm-hmm. then CMC's way higher than Jonathan Taylor at one. Yeah. What's your reasoning for Swift at two? Just curious, like what's he's his a out- Lions what would, fan. What would be your outlook <laughs> yeah, for him? That's the only reason. As I'm a, a total believer. <laughs> as a new dynasty owner of Swift, what is his outlook for this season, you would say? Incredible get. Stole him right from under me. Mm-hmm. Um I think that he is more talented than Jonathan Taylor. I thought that coming out. And when Swift has been healthy, he has been more talented, I think. And especially Mm -hmm. in the passing game, like Jonathan Taylor still has Naheem Hines there. And yeah, Jamal Williams is with the Lions, but the passing downs guy has a lot more value Mm -hmm. than the early downs guy. So you just hope that he stays healthy and the Lions are going to have a top five offensive line next year if everybody stays healthy. And so just based on that and age, he's amazing. Okay. All right. So six through 10. So you have Antonio Gibson, six, JK Dobbins, seven, Najee Harris, eight, Joe Mixon, nine, and Austin Eckler, 10. Um, Okay. So the question I'm going to ask, Trent and Alex, and I'll answer it first to give you time to think about it, is who in the 6 through 10 range do you think has the strongest case to be in the top five? And then who are they bumping out? Because to me, when I look at this, I mean, it's it's kind of cheating because they're right next to each other. But I would just, I would flip-flop Cam Akers and Antonio Gibson. I would put Antonio Gibson five and then Cam Akers six. Um, just because I think, I mean... Cam Akers looked decent when he came back from that injury, but it's also a, an Achilles injury, and that's pretty scary. Um, and I think Antonio Gibson, especially with, and this feels weird to say, but especially with an upgrade at quarterback and getting Carson Wentz, um, I think he only stands to benefit from that. So that's that's the change that I would make. Trent or Alex, do you all have one that sticks out to you? We already talked about it. It's yeah, it's game. Harris. I would flip Harris with Cam Akers as well. Like the same flip guy. Just because. Okay. Well, 
I, I don't yeah, know. I think Cam Akers. A lot of people is, are low on Cam Akers, so y'all aren't alone. Um, yeah. Just as I know offense, some people that have him out of the top weird. 15 dynasty running backs. Point your and, finger, Rosie. Point him right at me. Point it. Is it you? Do you yeah. really? I, wow. I, I don't think Cam Akers is going to be very good at all. I think Make his rookie season, he was incredible when he got all the opportunity. I agree. And I think Sean McVay is going to lean on Cam Akers like he did with Todd Gurley. And the only reason why he didn't in the playoffs this last year is because Cam Akers, yeah, he was coming off an Achilles. I think he looked pretty good. The only pro, like in terms of like movement, I think he looked lost out there though. He like, he didn't have a training camp and it was his second year. And then he's being thrust into this role in the playoffs. And it's not like he looked too much worse than um, Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson, but I think he looked good. Just, I I think he was missing gaps and stuff. And I think that's going to be fixed next year. So I, I like him as a talent. I, I think, a lot of my lists are talent over situation. And so that's, with Najee... That's, that's just like you, though, Rosie. Like, I feel like you fall in love with the talent. Like, yeah. your whole Trey Lansing is like, oh, I saw that highlight tape from North Central South Dakota State Technical Institute, and he just he tore it up there. Yeah, I, I think a good example of that, too, is Miles Sanders lower down the list. I absolutely love Miles Sanders, but... he's getting hurt man and so i'm gonna keep falling for that trap but and so naji his bright spots are i don't think he's gonna get hurt i think he's a really durable player um he's the only problem you're trying to get all these guys injured is what i'm what i'm hearing yeah Uh, the only problem with him is like he's derrick henry but he goes down a lot easier and I think you saw it last year. He was only averaging well, like four yards per carry. And yeah, it's a horrible offensive line. But I think we need to realize that the reason Najee did so well last year is because Ben Roethlisberger couldn't throw it five down the field, five yards down the field. Well, Derek, Derek Henry didn't do crap in the league for the first two years he was in the league. Right. I mean, it's not a direct comparison. It's just. Well, then don't make direct comparisons. It is a comparison in the fact that like they run in the same style and they're used in the same style, but the difference is Najee is much worse than Derrick Henry in terms of tackle breaking, in terms of... Um, well, I mean... He's a beast weight. of a human. Yeah, that's yeah comparing... Derrick Henry's different. So. <laughs> that's comparing like Hawkeye to Thor in terms of like <laughs> physical strength. Like... Derrick Henry right. is a one of one. <laughs> in, but in so, like, if I'm drafting a guy in the top five, I'm just hoping that he turns into Derrick Henry. I'm hoping that he turns into CMC. I'm hoping <sighs> that he turns into like a 25 PPR point player. And I don't think that's in Najee's wheelhouse, especially after Roethlisberger is gone. Right. And so, yeah, okay. he's in the top ten, but he's at the end of these young guy lists. Okay. All right. So, okay. So can I ask you a question? Why? I don't know. We've been talking about Najee Harris a lot, but to me, I, I don't know how you can make the case for putting JK Dobbins one slot ahead of him. Like to me, I think Najee is several slots ahead of JK Dobbins. If you're looking at finest at dynasty. Eh. I, okay. So, so let me, so let me just, let me justify that. You just add that? JK was a beast before he got hurt. I'm on Rose's okay, side. Okay, here. so I'll let him okay, fight, so though. let me justify this. What is the king in in fantasy? Long what do you activity. always want to go through? Long volume. Okay, okay, volume. Fine. That's how Ezekiel Elliott averaging like two yards a carry last year was a top ten running back because he got the ball twenty times a game. Mm-hmm. Najee Harris is he's a three down back. He was a workhorse even with a bum offensive line and a quarterback without an arm and he still was, I don't know what he finished last year, but um, it was here. I got it right here. Um, Najee last year was uh, in PPR. He was the third best running back. And then he was a fourth best in standard. 
J.K. Dobbins, I don't think he's going to get that same volume because that is a crowded backfield. I mean, you have Lamar Jackson running the ball. You have Gus Edwards. You have J.K. Dobbins. And they might even – I know there's been talks of them potentially drafting a running back or um, making a trade for one or signing one. I mean, there's there's talks of them adding to that to that backfield. And I think if you're, if you're just going – if you're just wanting to take the sure thing and the volume, then I think you take Najee over J.K. That's my opinion. Yeah, I get that. It's just volume only gets you so far. I don't think that it is the king, especially of like dynasty leagues, because you look at guys like, oh, uh, Miles Gaskin. He was supposed to get all the the volume. I think J.K. Yeah, I think they're the same age. Najee Harris is twenty-four. J.K. is twenty-three. I just looked it up, so it's one year difference. Even though J.K. was drafted before Najee, which is kind of crazy. Yep. The crazy. the difference between them, let me tell you. J.K. Dobbins in 2020 was averaging six yards per carry. Okay. Their what, situations are completely different. Okay. J.K. Dobbins is in a much better offense. He's in a much better situation. And yeah, Gus is there and he's going to take carries and he's not going to get every single down he's sort of old though he's sort of phasing out you know right I, I mean he could but i'm not banking on that i'm banking okay. on this offense is incredibly efficient with lamar jackson in that rush game and so See, i'd rather have me, the better i don't offense. care about that all i care about is fantasy points jk dobbins his rookie year had 134 carries Najee harris last year had 307 like i don't but, six yards per carry versus three or four yards per carry like if you do the math, Najee comes out ahead. Well, what what was his fantasy point total though? He could have three hundred and seven, but like, what's the point total here? He had Najee Harris had three hundred fantasy points. And what did J.K. Year. Dobbins have his rookie year? Can you look that up? J.K. Dobbins had uh, one hundred and sixty eight, so just more than half. Which makes sense. I mean, they didn't use him like they yeah, used Najee. He was sort of phased in. It, and honestly, is. like if we're talking about a redraft. Najee's going to be above JK because there takes a little bit of projection to switch these guys. But like, you know, you're not just drafting for next year. You're if Najee gets 300 touches a year, he's not going to last. No running back has like none. Um, Derek Henry has. Yeah, he broke his foot. He fell off. He fell he off. A... He was uh, the seventh best tight end last year. Well, like you said, every running back's going to have injuries. <laughs> Wait, what? Did you just did compare you Ezekiel this... Elliott to tight ends? Yeah, you, I think you. No, I, oh, I thought we were t- still talking about running backs. You said, yeah. tight end. oh, you said tight seventh end. best running back. Sorry, <laughs> thank you, producer Zeke, Austin. Carmel Zeke Trizzle. has had. <laughs> so he Zeke had the his his second year, which where he was suspended for five games or whatever. So he played 10 games that year. And in that year he played 10 games and was the 13th best running back PPR. Um, excluding that season, Zeke has had six other, no, I'm sorry, five other seasons where he's been a top 10 running back. So he's had five seasons of top 10 running back and six seasons of top 15. So it could, you can have a lot of volume and you can still, you can still be, you know, you can have five or six really, really good years as a running back. Right. And I, I'm giving you my reasons why J.K. is ahead of Najee, but they are right next to each other, so I it can work out either way. Yeah. Okay. So let's move it on. So we'll just run through. I'll run through real quick, eleven through twenty-five, and we'll talk about all of that as a as a group, and then I can tell you know we can talk about guys maybe you left off or whatever. Um, so eleven, you have Nick Chubb followed by Josh Jacobs at twelve, Elijah Mitchell at thirteen, Saquon Barkley at fourteen, Travis Etienne at fifteen. Tony Pollard, 16, Derrick Henry, 17, Dalvin Cook, 18, David Montgomery, 19, Aaron Jones, 20, Alvin Kamara, 21, Miles Sanders, 22, AJ Dillon, 23, Damian Harris, 24, and Leonard Fournette at 25. Um, I, think, I hate the rest of these running backs. <laughs> I hate them. I think you have David Montgomery too low at 19. See, that Personally. makes sense for age. What I think is going to happen, though, like David Montgomery is a solid back. I think that Khalil Herbert might be better. 
Oh, come on. And aside from that, the Bears are going to have a top five pick next year. Their offense is going to be absolutely horrible. They don't have a first round pick this year to get a receiver or anything. Their offensive line sucks. Their receiving core sucks. I don't care what you think about Mooney. If he's the only one there, that's trash. Say it like with Byron Pringle is the next guy. Like, <laughs> Say it with me. Volume is king. He's going to no. get all the touches. And I, I guess we'll we'll see who's right at the end of the year on this. Talent or volume. I I think in terms of talent, David Montgomery is okay. In terms of... That dude's a bowling you, ball. <laughs> yeah. It's just like <laughs> you can name a lot of guys like Mike Davis last year. Oh, well, he's going to get all the volume. Um, well, he's in a really bad offense, so it doesn't matter how much volume you get but if you're not going to score a single touchdown. He yeah. he did at first, Cordell, and then Anderson. he lost his job because he wasn't good enough. I thought he got hurt. No, it's just Cordell was too good. Yeah, no, producer was wrong. <laughs> I feel like Jamie. You I'm better Joe be Rogan. absolutely just, right, I'm Austin. Here. <laughs> Jamie, I'm, I'm Jamie on Joe Rogan. I'm just here. <laughs> yeah. Move those um, dials. Okay, Trent or Alex, these 11 through 25 guys, what's someone you think is too high or too low in, in this bunch? Someone that you have an issue with? Mm, no. I don't. Alex likes my list. I'm just going yeah, to stick will. with 1 through 25. They're perfect. <laughs> I will say this, Rosie, <laughs> of all your lists, this one's the least crazy. Yeah, I will agree. You're... Although the last couple of lists haven't been crazy for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> just because I need to find something. <laughs> if I'm taking doing a dynasty draft right now, I am taking Dalvin Cook over Elijah Mitchell and Nick Chubb. Ooh, Nick and... Chubb. Spicy. And... Dalvin could have one more good year left. You never. That's know that probably guy. the only people ahead of Dalvin Cook I'm taking before. Maybe ETN, but at the same time, I kind of think he's a dark horse. I think here. I would take him over Josh Jacobs. Aren't they Volume, Andrew. Volume. Age? But aren't they pretty similar in age? Josh Jacobs. Jacobs? Isn't that great too. Honestly. Josh Jacobs is twenty three. Twenty four. Yeah. Okay. Wow. He must have oh, come he into must the have league. Just turned twenty four. Really young. I guess he's yeah, going into his fourth do. season. Not always. Wow. So he's like 20. He's a rookie. Wow. And he's but been that... a top 12 back. I mean, I don't particularly like Josh Jacobs a ton, but nah. his offense just got a huge improvement, and he's always been a top 12 back. I also think that I would, I would swap Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Just, I think Man. The... I'm not there yet. I With... Aaron Jones probably being the best receiver. I, someone that watched quite a bit of Packers last year, that 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 guy's for real. Yeah, He's AJ tw- Dillon's a- good. AJ a- a- Dillon's for real, and I don't know. I like like Rosie was saying, you don't want a guy on his that's not on his rookie contract. And Aaron Jones is, I think he just signed an extension. Or maybe Two years. Yeah, I think the second year coming in this year yeah. would be his second year on the extension. But, so, yeah, the I, only reason why I have Aaron Jones above him is because he's probably the best receiver on that team right now. Yep. So well, if AJ yeah, Dillon gets okay. the early down work, then AJ Dillon's fired might... at Randall Cobb. I think I think is AJ he still Dillon on the team? gets all the goal line. Yeah, he is. I think they got uh, Sammy Watkins now. Fun. Oh yeah, I, I saw think that. <laughs> I think AJ Dillon's getting all the goal line touches. Yeah, he's a beast of a human. Like. His cast uh, are the size of Austin's head. It's insane. They actually split pretty, pretty evenly huge. off the top of my head. Uh, they split pretty evenly on the goal line. I think Aaron Jones that wasn't is just a, a little that, bit better. That wasn't expected, though, is what I'm trying to say. And so, right. I, just Aaron for Jones, next year. I, Aaron Jones is a diminishing asset. Yeah. Wasn't his yeah, extension only one. three years, too? So next year he'll be expiring. He might be getting phased out soon. It is very possible. I honestly like this, these guys, just a word of advice to all people who play dynasty fantasy, 
that are listening right now, you want 23, a 2023 draft picks because all these guys are about to get phased out. And the 23 class is supposed to be really, really good. Like, like, uh, like Leonard Fournette's year of good. So Hmm. get 23 picks if you can. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, I don't know, as we wrap it up, like Trent said, it's not one of your crazier lists that you've made. Um, I think a lot of our, a lot of our discussions, a lot of things we would change. It's swapping guys who are right next to each other in the rankings, which when I usually look at fancy rankings, I'm usually like, if they're, if two guys are right next to each other, then you flip a coin on swapping them or where you, where you're going to slot them. Um, I think, I don't think I would put Miles Sanders in my top 25. I don't think he's ever, I think he's so good though. (laughs) It's a typical, you fall in love with the traits, but the on-field production has not been there. The on-field production is good when he's on the field. When he was hurt, they had a better running offense. And he's also sort of hindered. I don't think that's true. They started running the ball as soon as he got hurt. Yeah. And they, because, and I don't know. Extent. I specifically remember. I, I, I mean, dude, I they were can't getting which like, game it was. I think they were getting like better, like more efficient runs with like Boston Scott than they were. With they Miles were not. Sanders. They were not. No, Miles yeah, Sanders was averaging averaging like five and a half yards per carry. There was a game halfway through the season where Miles Sanders busted off a really big run, and it was like his third run of the game, and it was the third quarter. And it was and like the crowd runs. in Philly was like. Oh, what the heck is going on? Like the crowd was really pissed. Wow, I'm shocked. And then after that, Miles Sanders got hurt. No way. And then they started rushing the ball with Jordan Howard and it worked. Hey, Jordan Howard beasted, by the way, just so you know. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think the two guys that you left off this list would be Michael Carter with the Jets because he, if you want to talk about someone who looked good towards the end of the year, I mean, didn't he have like a couple 30 point outings? In fantasy to route. I know he had at least one. He might have had another. I think he does. And that was his rookie season, I think. So I think he deserves to be on there. Um, and I think Kareem Hutt deserves to be on there. Um, I think you don't love the idea of taking the second running back. But I think what you have in Cleveland, and then I think what you're starting to see in other offenses, and you kind of saw it a little bit with Dallas last year, is teams are more, they're more like they are warming up to the idea of having like, actually two running backs that they use a lot in the game and Kareem Hunt when he has played a full season he's been a top 15 running back um he was hurt a lot last year when he wasn't hurt pretty much everyone else on the team was hurt last year so I kind of write off you know this previous year for any Cleveland Brown um but Kareem Hunt I think deserves to be on there because similar age as all these guys and even with Nick Chubb I mean the year before he was running back 10 uh, in 2020, and then obviously we saw what he did in those two years in Kansas City. So those are the only two that I think got snubbed. Well, then give me, or I'll trade you Michael Carter. In what league? Uh, I don't know. One of the leagues we're in, I have him. Okay. We'll talk. I'll give them to you. Yeah, we'll talk. I, we'll talk. I just don't think that Michael Carter as a talent is all that good. We'll see. Rosie, Stop. Andrew, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Michael Carter is really good. I completely he's, forgot about him on this list. He's actually top. Should five. have been in the top five. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so he had one. He had one game last year where he had over thirty points. He had fourteen targets in that game. Yeah, and that's that. That's crazy because well, Rosie, think about what you're about to say, and then don't I was going to say that he was playing with. Um, Mike White. That was the Mike White game. Oh, so he was playing with like a top 10 guy. Mike White. Mike White over Trey Lance. Uh, (laughs) I agree. There we go. Those fighting words. The arm talent is amazing. (laughs) He loves running backs. So I don't don't know if you're going to get that again, especially if the Jets draft a receiver in the first round, which they probably will. All right. Well, y'all have any closing thoughts on Rosie's dynasty rankings? Rosie, you got any final thoughts? I wasn't on for this segment, but I like the list. Just I want to throw that out there. 
I'm it's, glad, your best, guys. it's your best list. I was expecting this to be my worst list, but well, really... what do you all think of Tony Pollard? I, I want to touch on him really quick because oh. I, I think a lot of people would think that 16 is really high. A lot of people have him outside the top 30. Mm, I think he is a RB2, RB3 most weeks with RB1 potential until until Zeke is gone. Or gets hurt, but yeah. Or gets hurt. Agree. He's a wild card. I, I don't think he's going to be consistent enough that you can like have him in one of your starting slots, but he'll pop off for a couple weeks while they're still sharing carries. I, I really think that this is Zeke's last year of being. Oh, it is. Fantasy player. They're yeah. cutting him after this year. Yeah, he's gone. Like and you can. So I can put it see Zeke like doing really well the first week, and that's when you like everyone who has Zeke right now needs to sell him as fast as you can, on the basis of like, oh well, yeah, he's fine. Well, he's had a whole year to get healthy again, and that's just not going to last. Tony Pollard is coming for that job. He should have taken it last year. He's a much better running back at this point. So I'm expecting that to happen. And that's why he's pretty high. Well, if there's one thing the Cowboys are, it's stubborn. So I would maybe push that timeline back like six or seven weeks. Yeah. And it's Just also his contract. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, this segment. And that's going to do it for the podcast. Uh, I believe Trent has the dad joke this week. I got two of them. Y'all ready for this? All right. I ordered a chicken and egg. Chicken and an egg online. <laughs> Which I'll let first? you know. <laughs> Dang it, I beat you to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you didn't Alex, you ruined it. I've read it. I'm sorry. I just I didn't I usually not read those. All right, what's the uh, other one? What state is known for its small drinks? Minnesota. That, that one's, one's good. To all, that one's to all our Minnesota listeners out there. Your you first guys. one would have been better if Alex didn't ruin it. <sighs> yeah, that seems to be a, the case with a lot of takes on this podcast. All right, Alex, you're fired. <laughs> Get off. Aw, <laughs> oh, dang it. Uh, we love right, you, well, I guess. We love you. You don't, you, you don't disrespect the dad joke of the week. Trent does it every time I do it, so it now Trent <laughs> knows how it feels. Hey, at least Trent like doesn't feel your punchline like he did mine one week. I was going to tell okay, a time-traveling so- joke, but you didn't like it. <laughs> I thought you were going to make a time-travel <laughs> All right, end on that. End on that. That was good. All end right. on it. That's going to do it for the podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully talking about how the Mavs are up three games to one in their series against Utah Jazz. Uh, we'll be breaking all that down. Also, don't forget, watch us on Twitch. If you have a Twitch account and you like listening to us in podcast form, please just do us a favor and go follow us at twitch.tv slash making the call. We will all love you forever if you can follow us on Twitch. That'll that that'll just be amazing. So you can do that. That would be awesome. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time.